welcome to another episode of Ordinary Old Catholic Me. I was walking along Sunset Boulevard today on the way to purchase a hamburger I had a craving for. And right now we're in a situation where during the day we can be out in our masks, but by 6 o'clock p.m. we have a curfew and we can be out no longer. The reason for that is the protests, which turn into riots and looting in uh, Hollywood, Beverly Hills, West Hollywood, and all over the country, frankly. The flashpoint was the death of a man named George Floyd at the hands of a Minneapolis police officer. There is a lot of anger and debate over this situation and whether the actions of protesters and looters and the opinions of various pundits regarding the racism of America is warranted or justified. But that's not where I want to go in this episode. I want to talk from the position of our last episode, which was on Flannery O'Connor and her view of life the grotesque in life, and the nature of grace and our willingness to accept it or not. What got me started today on this was the walking along Sunset Boulevard, getting my hamburger. I noticed as I was walking along that pretty much every store along the way was boarded up. I knew it wasn't a completely accurate feeling or completely complimentary, but I had the sense as I was walking with my hamburger in hand that the scene was not terribly unlike what it must have been during a war, a wartime, where everything around you is destroyed, bombed out, if you will. You're living your ordinary life in these dark circumstances, dare I say, grotesque circumstances. We already had this sort of shadow context in terms of the pandemic and the shifting of our lives as a result of it. And even as we were just coming out of it, we would still have to wear our masks. We would still have to do our social distancing for the foreseeable future. But there was a sense of a lightening up. And then this happened, this horrible, disgusting killing of another human being by a police officer. And the darkness descended again, as if with a hammer. I watched the video a few days ago and like pretty much everyone, I was incredibly disturbed by it. It's actually chilling because Chauvin has his knee on Mr. Floyd's neck in an almost casual way while the man below him is dying, unable to breathe. Perhaps I'm imputing something to his facial expression, but it almost has a sociopathic one. Maybe the most bothersome thing about the picture is that as he's doing all of this, he has his hand in his pocket. This image put me in mind of a piece of another story of Flannery O'Connor's, or a piece of a character in a story by Flannery O'Connor, and that one is a good man is hard to find. I mentioned it last time, I believe, but let me just give you a little bit of a sense of the story. There's a family and there's a mother, a father, two kids, and a woman called the grandmother. The grandmother is, how would I describe it? Superficial. 
you don't get a sense of any depth from her. She's interested in how things look. She talks about things as if she has some importance and herself as a special lady. She's very dismissive of the time and place in which she lives. And like so many of us, she talks about the past with a lot more affection than the present. The family goes on this vacation in their car and they get to an area where the grandmother thinks there's a home that she had grown up in or been around as a young child. But in fact, she's in the wrong area. On the way to this house that she thinks she knows, they had stopped in a diner and she gets to speaking to the owner of the diner or the guy who's serving her and they're talking about the past and again they were agreeing that the past was much better and in terms of people and men a good man is hard to find. When they go on their way at some point they run across a group of men and one of them is the misfit and this man takes each one of the family members and has them shot. The last is the grandmother. There is a dialectic between the misfit and the grandmother before she too is shot and killed. And that moment is the philosophical and theological and emotional transformation that she has in terms of how she's lived her life at the very last moment of her life. Maybe another time we'll talk about that aspect of things. But the focus for me is the misfit because the misfit in this story is someone who reminds me of Officer Chauvin in that video that I saw the other day and that all of you have probably seen and found almost too hard to bear. The image as you look at Chauvin is that he's enjoying, that he has pleasure in his meanness. And from a religious point of view, from a Catholic point of view, that is evil. It is that evil which Jesus Christ came to conquer by dying and resurrecting and by offering us his hand, his divine hand in reconciliation. If only we could turn our backs on the evil that is the consequence of sin. Here's a corollary to the act of Chauvin. And that is initially the response of folks who are outraged by the evil of Chauvin. The outrage, of course, is understandable. Protesting is understandable. It's the American way. But protesting harms no others and does not destroy their livelihoods or their properties. Until tonight, there was writing going on. Now, obviously not by everyone, but by a large enough group of people that it obscured the outrage, the propriety of the outrage of those who were condemning the evil of Chauvin. So evil attached to evil. And those bystanders and those affected by the damage that was done and the injuries that were done and some of the deaths that have been accomplished by writing all of this enhanced the evil, evil upon evil upon evil, and was enraging the rest of the public toward some more evil. To the extent he was even considered, God 
was being pushed out, and any sense of goodness or morality or kindness was also being demolished, along with the property and lives of others. That evil expresses a contempt for the act of redemption. It's the crossroad that the misfit in Flannery O'Connor's story finds himself in. This is what he says. If he, meaning Jesus Christ, did what he said, then it's nothing for you to do now but to throw everything away and follow him. And if he didn't, then it's nothing for you to do but enjoy the few minutes you've got left the best way you can by killing somebody or burning down his house or doing some other meanness to him. No pleasure, but meanness. I started out this entry in my podcast with a bit of doom and gloom, which comes naturally to me anyway. But seeing tonight's activities, I'm noticing, and the reporting is such that it seems that more peaceful elements are taking over the protests so that hopefully no more looting and no more killing will take place. I'm not sure what is changing the minds and hearts of some of the people who were participating in the evil acts. Was the presence of the National Guard some kind of inhibition to the rioting? Was the attitude and instructions of those who organized the protests somehow part of the reason why it has quieted? Perhaps. It is the prayers of some of those people, for surely many of them are religious, some of them Catholic, and the constant prayers of other Catholics who have been watching in the neighborhoods in which these things have been happening and begging God to relieve us, to intervene, to soften the hearts of those who would hurt others. There is another aspect to avoiding further evil and accepting the grace of God and keeping a heart that is not so hard as to be cruel. There is a process through which the officers or officer or all of them should be charged and prosecuted and tried. There should be no attitude of let's put a guillotine out there and just take care of it ourselves, for that is an old evil that would be repeating. Obviously, this is a program about religion, my faith, and religion in general at some level, and I cannot help but invoke God, and that God is the only way that our hearts will be softened and that we will say a yes, yes, we accept your grace, and we let things according to your will.